Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Today is Friday, July 30th, and this is Celtics Beat on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics. I'm Adam Kaufman. Episode 419 featuring the Boston Herald's Mark Murphy is powered by BetOnline.ag. Go to BetOnline.ag today. Use the promo code CLNS50 for 50% sign-up bonus. Okay, here we go again. Another new edition of Celtics Beat. Free agency is, of course, right around the corner. There's a lot going on in the NBA as it relates to the Celtics and elsewhere. And, of course, the NBA draft that is behind us now as we talk in real time. It happened last night. And the amazing thing is I don't think in the history of this program we have ever talked less about the draft going into it because the Celtics didn't have a first-rounder for the first time since 2009, just the 45th overall pick. Pursued trading up, didn't happen. They used it, and we will get into all that. But I am Adam Kaufman, happy to be with you. Evan Valenti, a staple of the program, always here. And Mark Murphy, good friend of the show. We have him on every couple of months. Just often enough, Mark, to you know have you on and, and, and consistently hear your voice, but not often enough so that you feel like when I text you, it's a bother. I think every couple of months <laughs> is about right. Yeah, I was starting to feel neglected. <laughs> it's good to have you here we appreciate it as he often jokes that you know the the grandpa of the program when he's on with us on video but the man comes in with the uh with the childlike enthusiasm and hot takes guys the newest celtic although no time soon and i hope i'm saying it right is juan begaron the 18 year old from france who brad stevens saying last night in all likelihood not unlike Yamadar, who we hope, of course, Celtics fans, that uh, he is here this coming year. We expect to see him in Summer League coming up next month. But this kid, is he's going to be overseas and probably for multiple seasons. And, and Brad acknowledging uh, there is, and he didn't say it this way, but there, there's a benefit to obviously, you know, taking that guy and not worrying about cluttering up your roster with younger players and right. oh by the way letting other teams other people develop them you know kind of like do us a favor a little bit right. while he's so young and impressionable what did you think of the pick did it surprise you at all no I I, I kind of thought they were going to get another stash player I mean they just don't know what their roster is going to be at this point beyond the guys they're committed to trades will change it a little bit and Listening to Brad last night, I mean, it does indeed sound like there's going to be some kind of trade around the corner. Um, he's, you know, he's raw. He's another wing. I guess in this NBA, you can never get enough wings, right? You got Romeo, mm-hmm. you got Naismith, you got the Jays. This guy's way down the line. Um, 
maybe he goes down the Colton Iverson rabbit hole. I don't know, but you know, they, they have time. I mean, that, that certainly worked with the Am last year, uh, mm-hmm. most improved player in the Israeli Premier League. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, what do you need with the 45th pick anyway? I would have been just as, I wouldn't have been surprised if they had given it away for cash or something. Yeah, and, and honestly, I not only wouldn't have been surprised, I, I kind of would have embraced it. Not because I, I think this kid's a bad pick. I know Evans, as Evan does, and he'll I'll let him speak for himself, but he, you know, he goes down the highlight rabbit hole and falls in love you with watch. guys before they've, you know, <laughs> we haven't heard of him five minutes ago, but now he's the next the next best thing, which is great because I'm a little too cynical for that. So we need Evan around for things like that. But I just, it, I don't, it's more often than not, you know, the, the vast majority of the time, and I'm not talking Celtics, I'm talking NBA in general, you take mm-hmm. a guy in the second round, never mind 45th, second round, late first round. Like, typically these guys don't pan out. They're flyers, they're dart throws, they're, you know, it's, you, you just, you hope for the best, and and there's potential there, sure, but the fact that we're not going to see him anytime soon doesn't disappoint me at all. They have much bigger things uh-huh. at hand to tackle with this roster. No, he may not even be on the summer league roster. That's yet to be negotiated. But yeah, leave him in France. Uh, maybe, maybe you can get him into a better league than the French Premier League. Maybe you can get him into Israel, which seems to be a pretty hot development ground right now. Um, and see what happens. But he's off the radar. Evan, you're not going to be able to uh, order a jersey just yet. You're going to have to no. personalize it on the NBA site. So that's, it's uh, E E G A R I N. Yeah, I mean, look, pick the number. You can go twenty-one. I can't pick forty. Romeo's forty-five, right? So I can't pick forty-five. Yeah, I guess not. Go twenty-one for the year. Yeah, right. The one thing. So going first off, I agree with Mark. The strategy of like they're going to pick a guy that doesn't even play and they're just not going to take a roster spot is smart. Um, they're kind of cluing us in and Brad talked last night and I, I listened to um, his bit with uh, NBC sports Boston this morning. Mm. He talked about, and it's, it's pretty obvious that I think he might've been really mad. And we've, I think people talk about this and it's been maybe reported somewhere that he's probably mad at the fact that they had so many young guys here to the bench and they were too young. Mm-hmm. Um, they needed some 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 older guys to help them in certain situations, and and by drafting this guy uh, bigger on, I hope I'm saying that right. You you guarantee yourself as long as we're consistent. The three yeah, of that's, us, that's, that's really good. all that matters. Uh, you know, if you, you draft him with the idea of like, okay, we drafted this guy, or the Celtics drafted this guy, uh, but he's not going to be here. We can let him develop somewhere else. Meanwhile, we can give you know, those out of the bench spots to, to people that are really going to play. So I, I like that when you have the 45th pick in the draft, there's, and this is, again, I piggyback off Adam, two ways to look at late first round picks slash any second round pick that you have. You either a pick a skill that your team desperately needs. And you find a guy that fits that skill. Like Joe Weiskamp is a three point shooter. Uh, Austin Reeves, a three point shooter. Um, even the guy they got late, uh, Sam Hauser, who shot, mm-hmm. I think, 48% from three on five attempts a game the season prior to last. Uh, I think he was uh, Wichita State, maybe. Um, then went on to Virginia and, and shot 46% from three on six attempts, just pretty again, good shooter. That's that you take something like that, or you say, all right, this guy has so much upside, but he's so far away that. You know, if we let him develop somewhere, he might really develop into something. Then, if you know, 
if he were two years later on the road, he'd be a you know mid first rounder or a lottery pick, something like that. And that's the way Boston's going here. I have no problem with that. Wings, as Mark mentioned, hottest thing you could possibly imagine in terms of value, right? The the there's so many point guards in the NBA that you know it seems like everybody's got a bunch of the Boston could use one. Um, big men are if they don't do certain things, they're really not valuable for you anymore, right? So wings is the, the hot commodity. It's what you want the most of in the NBA because the way we switch on defense and, you know, way guys can, you know, uh, act as facilitators as a, as a wing player and what the mismatches that creates on the offensive defense and whatever, whatever. So into Begaron, like first off, the frame is ideal for a guy like that. I mean, six, six, seven foot wingspan as an 18 year old already weighs 215 pounds. That's, you know, a really solid frame on a, a young man. Um, that's literally still a teenager can't even, you know, uh, get a legal drink here in the United States yet. Right. So that's mm-hmm. positive. Um, he's defensively pretty, uh, again, the frame is nice, but defensively like his wingspan makes it very difficult for a lot of people to, to get his, their shot up. So that's nice. Um, offensively seems like that's going to be where most of the development needs to happen. I, I guess he's comfortable with the ball in his hands, has a nice little crossover. His shot doesn't look too bad in terms of, uh, in terms of technique, you know, his feet below him get a little too, uh, a little too happy, right? You want it to be a little bit more, a little tighter, a little less movement in the lower half. Um, and that'll come with experience, right. In training and in practice and all that stuff. I just think, in terms of having a roster spot available for somebody else, he checks that box off. Um, the upside is obviously there as a, a, a three and D potential guy with maybe some facilitation. We'll see. Um, but I, I overall like the pick people wanted Sharif Cooper who I love, but he's like six feet tall and, and doesn't weigh anything. Um, you know, he scored 20 a game, eight assists and the first, you know, Trey Young did the same thing his freshman season. So we'll see, but you know, you want th- this team, clearly has a type, right? Hmm. They like athletic wings that are long and switchable on defense, and Cooper doesn't fit that mold, and Begaron does. And he allows them to do some other things with their roster that that make a lot of sense. I like him personally. Um, He's very athletic, very good in the open floor in transition. Um, I think that'll be probably his calling card as he starts. You know, a guy that you can leak out to, you know, you you get the, the, the lead pass to in a break, and he can kind of finish it by himself. Um, he'll get stronger, so the finishing through contact will get better. Um, but, you know, he has a long way to go on the offensive end. But the, the upside is clearly there, and, and, and I think it's a guy that they they, they, they were like, you know what, this is a worth of the, swing, the roll of the dice, so to speak. And if he has the trajectory, you know, if, if he fills out a little bit and he, and he works on his jump shot a little bit, there's a really valuable NBA player there that could be a rotation player two or three years down the road, which I think is, is good. That's a good pick at 45. Kevin O'Connor from the Ringer, our buddy. He, uh, as he does every year, has been doing it since you know lo- long before the man was famous. Puts out his draft guide and uh, just the, some of the pros and cons. And obviously, Evan highlighted a lot of this already. Above the rim finisher who can dunk in traffic, accelerates quickly, displays good passing vision, flashes lockdown ability as an on-ball defender with a seven-foot wingspan, impactful on-ball defender when he's in the right position. Some of the minuses: streaky shooter, lacks touch in the paint and from the free throw line. Shot selection not great. Loves the mid-range jumper, which must mean he. He's about 45 years old. Defensive fundamentals uh, require improvement to complement his physical profile, lacks awareness, defending the off ball and yada, yada, yada. Again, 45th pick. Like, there's, there is no perfect player, certainly not when you're uh, in the middle of the second round. But, you know, one of the things you were both talking about is 
wings, wings, wings in today's NBA. Mark, we've been joking about this for years. The fact that the Celtics, you know, they, they can only have so many guys that are like right. six, five to six, nine like that. You know, this was, this goes back to Danny Ainge clearly like that can't be the entire roster. You got to have a little bit of balance. So I guess, you know, we'll see what they decide to do. We know they, they actually have kind of a, an abundance of bigs right now after the Horford and Brown additions in the Walker trade, which cost them that first round pick in the first place. So, uh, you know, we can get into that a little bit as well. The only guy, you know, Evan mentioned him. I want to acknowledge him as well. Hauser coming in from Virginia on a two-way contract, which of course begs the question, what is Taco Falls future? What is Tremont Waters future? The organization, at least under Ainge believed in fall. We'll see about Brad. Uh, Waters, according to reports, wants out. He uh, he's he's looking for, and you know, it's we were laughing about it off air. It's kind of easy to scoff at, as Evan said, like 16th guy on on the bench looking for a trade. At the same time, you know, you think think of like uh, you know Abdel Nader, right? Like a guy who's just you know, there's only, he's he's proved himself. He's proven himself in 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 the G League, and now he's looking for an opportunity. And and I I think. I just don't feel like Mark that exists in Boston. It it should no. fundamentally in that they they clearly have a gap at point guard with Kemba gone and and not a lot of people are convinced Marcus Smart should be that guy. But it's certainly not Draymond yeah. Waters, so you may as well go somewhere else. Well, and you know Peyton Pritchard pretty much ended Draymond Waters. Yeah, chances here anyway. But I mean, as far as Draymond goes. You know, Oklahoma City, that kind of situation. That's mm. where he's going to get his minutes. Wouldn't wouldn't be surprised. You know, he sort of fits the bill for Sam Presti in terms of commitments. I mean, I can't even keep track of how many draft picks he has now. In abundance. It's, <laughs> many, it's, many, it's many. Crazy. He's trading picks for picks. Right. You know, he's he's just in this uh, cycle. But um, Begaron... Uh, I guess the one thing that stands out to me is just how he's he's got a lot of raw explosiveness to him. Mm-hmm. You know, he's gonna he he has the potential to be very strong at the rim, um, but he, you know he he can't really shoot. You know, yeah. it's not thirty six percent from three out of five attempts a game. I mean, it's not not <laughs> nothing. It's better than uh, you know, Sharif Cooper shot what twenty two percent, wherever the number was. Yeah. Oh, Sharif, Sharif Cooper can't shoot. That and that's the bad. thing. You know, that's the people. That, that's the one everybody wanted. Was the, the this in the visions there? Obviously, but it's you know, he's eighteen. He's been playing professionally since he's sixteen years old, which I like. His brother yeah. is a professional basketball player, so he's growing up in a family yeah. that you know understands what it's like to be a professional athlete in their life. Um, and again, like the he, Wagners. Yeah. Right. And <laughs> I like how they're already, you know, uh, there's already the, the rivalry going on there with Franz and Mo Wagner, which is That's great. That's right. But like the it, billboards in Orlando, you know, he, he's going to take some polish, but it's not like, you know, he's, uh, a complete disaster from three point range. Jalen Brown shot worse than three point range. So it's, sure. you know, sure. just a, oh, put him up against some Euro league defense and see how he does. I, yeah, he's if he if he develops that three to an NBA level, then you've really got something. I mean, that's you know, but they've got like we were saying, they've got time. Uh, the yeah, I mean, it, it was pretty obvious from what Brad had to say last night. They're looking at the next stage, which is free agency, and they've got to do some juggling to make that work. 
Well, you, one of the first things that you said, Mark, upon coming on with us is that it feels like a trade is around the corner. So yeah. you know, that's, that's yeah. what people are looking for. And uh, Sham Sharani from The Athletic put out last night, which drew some attention from people. And this is not a new rumor, but anytime Shams and Woj and those guys put something out there, it's going to get that much more attention, obviously. Celtics, the Bulls, and uh, the Raptors are among the teams expected to show interest in restricted free agent Lonzo Ball. Again, right. Celtics have a point guard situation right now. Right. Is this at all likely to you that, uh, that that Lonzo Ball winds up in depends, Boston? Depends on the price tag because, you know, I, th- I think they're going to pay Evan Fournier. So, to you know, and to having his bird rights, that makes total sense. Um, yeah, it, it, if there's a bidding war, doesn't sound like New Orleans is very interested in retaining him. Right. Um, he's too good. He's getting in the way. Yeah. <laughs> but if, if there's a bidding war, I don't, I, I don't see how they're going to be able to afford it. Yeah. It's, 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 it's someone more, you like someone you think is a good, a better fit. Yeah. Patty Mills. I don't know. And then again, I don't know how much that's going to cost. Yeah, it feels like Lonzo's more Chicago bound because Chicago has, you know, some cap space that they can use to acquire him. Yeah. I don't think, you know, Boston's in order to acquire, I think both Fournier and Lonzo, I think they're like they're hard cap at that point. It makes it much more difficult to do anything else. Um, and I think that's just it's t- it's a tough spot to be in. I'm not going to be I'm not a cap expert. Like I just tell you who to follow in cap things like, you know, Keith Smith does an amazing job. Ryan Bernadoni does a great job. With cap stuff, don't listen to me on that. It's not. It's not my forte. I just oh. regurgitate what they say anyway. So just, just sure. listen to them. Um, but the, the Lonzo stuff, I think, yeah, at a certain price, yeah, because I think Lonzo's a hell of a player. I think he's exactly what this team needs: a, a pass-first point guard, plays defense, rebounds, spreads the floor. You know, Lonzo's shot has come a long way. I'll, we will, I will actively acknowledge that. Um, you know, he, again, that pass-first you know, uh, contagious ball movement, which Ime spoke about during the press conference, which seems to be lacking on Team USA right now. Um, and it's something that I think a lot of teams strive for. The, you know, the, we all, we all wish we were the, what was it, the 2014 Spurs that, you know, added Boris Diaw and all of a sudden they're one of the best passing teams that we've seen in, right. in the last 20 years. And then, you know, Golden State with all they've done, you know, Lonzo fits that mold and it would be great to have him uh, in Boston, but it doesn't seem, feasible especially if Fournier keeps playing out of his mind for team France and and starts to raise how much money he's going to get in free agency here because he looks like one of the best players in this entire tournament so far for the Olympics so he's been scoring the ball at will and moves the ball really well shot looks good and again that's what they wanted when they acquired him and until he got COVID it looked pretty good so you know I think Fournier as everybody has reported Mark I think you've done it everybody's done it Fournier seems to be the first domino to fall and then they have some other things you got to take care of, including the Marcus Smart extension and Rob Williams' extension. Mark, any any idea how those might be progressing at all, or you think this is more of a wait-and-see thing here with both guys? Uh, I was talking with somebody yesterday who, <clears throat> referring to them as a group, said, well, it seems like everybody feels they're worth a lot of money right now. So, you know, I can see Smart – as it turns out, signed a pretty team-friendly contract the last time around. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure he's going to be as willing to settle. He's got a new agent. He even made a rap video up. about it. What do you mean he's not going to settle? <laughs> he was excited about that that 52 mil. Uh, I 
he wants to stay. I, I, but I, they're, they're looking, they're looking to make a deal. I think he's expendable. I think if they find the right deal, he's gone. I don't think, you know, you talk about point guards, they're not going to be in the market for Mike Conley or Chris Paul. That's way out right. of their range. Sounds like Conley's going to stay in Utah anyway. That's why I go back to Patty Mills. There's a, there's a connection there with Udoka, um, a comfort level. Uh, and he, he's a vet, he's a veteran presence off the bench. You know, he's not going to cost Peyton Pritchard a lot of minutes, but you know, he's the kind of guy they need. He, when Brad said what he said last night, the first person I thought of, oh, edgy veteran presence. That's Patty Mills. Yeah, but he can shoot. Maybe, I, maybe I'm going too hard. No, I think, that. I think Patty Mills is the one that everybody, you know, you look at, not consensus, but you look at what the, the pulse of the, the fans are, I think a lot of people are calling for Patty Mills, you know, someone that can, you know, when, when things get stale offensively, like they did a lot last year, someone that can come off the bench, you know, right. score, you know, in isolation if they need to. And I'm not saying Patty Mills is some great isolation score, but in the right opportunity, you could bring some weight off the dribble, but someone that's going to keep the ball moving who, if the ball right. finds him while he's open somewhere, he can hit an open shot. He can yeah. get hot from certain places but he's, he's not going to disrupt the flow of your offense. He's going to, uh, you know, he's going to, uh, he's going to make it a little bit more what he may wants a, a free flowing offense that, that predicates ball or that, that focuses on ball movement. Um, you know, the relationship with them from San Antonio is obviously something they're going to be, you know, well, it's something to, to look at and say, yeah, we can build off this. I mean, I think that in someone that can pull, you know, Pritchard aside and pull guys like Tatum and Brown aside, and say, hey, like, you know, th- we need to do this to get, like, it, it, right. it's, it's it's helpful to have a voice like that, uh, in, in, you know, on your bench and in your locker room. It's, it's really helpful. And a guy that can, can see what Ime's, you know, uh, you know, focus is and his goal is, and, and really, you know, another, you know, guy that's like a coach and a player on the floor simultaneously. That's what people love about Rondo. They want Rondo back in Boston because <laughs> he can be a coach and player simultaneously. Right. Patty right. can do that, but also shoot it a little bit better. And, Maybe not be so polarizing. Uh, he, <laughs> he, uh, the other thing is Patty gives Ime a comfort factor, somebody he knows he can lean on when he's trying to get through to other guys. He'll be, you know, he'll be the coach's guy. And I think for a new coach, that's, that's going to be big. The other thing I like, especially if bringing him off the bench is that he'll really fit with Fournier. Fournier is another ball movement, movement, hit the open shot guy. I mean, the, the second unit, as you guys know, was a problem at a lot of points last year. You get a regular Fournier in there, you get Mills, um, whoever the backup big is with that group. You know, you can really start to develop a bench identity. So Evan Fournier's return to you is an inevitability? I think so. I think, you know, Brad loved him. This is his chance to sign him. He can't get enough wings, as we've been <laughs> saying. Uh, yeah. I mean, and they've got his bird rights. It, yeah. it makes all the sense in the world. 
Let's take a quick break. Tell you bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The baseball season, of course, in full swing. We're just past the all-star break today. As we talk right now is the baseball trade deadline. See if the Sox can do more than just a uh, injured slugger from uh, the nationals and Kyle Schwarber. You can track all the action at bet online, get in and uh, get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, including of course, baseball, NBA, NHL, all your UFC, MMA action, NFL rapidly approaching training camps are underway. There are odds for every Olympic basketball game for both three on three and five on five action already have odds for next year's NBA champion. The Celtics at plus 3,300 won't shock you to know that the Nets and Lakers are in the conversation for that top spot. Real-time odds updated and uh, props as well on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. Best way, best place for you to place your bets. It is free to sign up. So before the next pitch, head on over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. Take advantage of the 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit. And do not sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget, use the promo code CLNS50 to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So uh, there are larger, excuse me, larger things at play, larger things to get into, Mark. Something that I just, you know, I, a passing mention, I suppose, but I, I feel like it's worth mentioning because it's out there again, third straight year that that it's it's at least the the smallest of talking points. Celtics and Pacers maybe talking Miles Turner again. Do you put any validity into these reports? That's a tough one considering where they are with their bigs right now, unless you're planning to move Horford. And that's a possibility. Um, Boy, that would be crushing to the Horford family. <laughs> I personally, I think, Hor- you know, but Horford has been Brad's binky for a long time. I think, I think he's really happy to have him back in the mix. I think there's there's too many good things he's going to do, not just in terms of ball movement. And they haven't been a good defensive team since he left, if you if you think about it. No, they haven't. I mean, so there's, there's too many things he's going to bring, and he he's had a year of rest, basically. I mean, I think he's going to come in with fresh legs. He's going to, you know, he's going to nurture Time Lord. He's going to, he's been working with Moses. Now that's something that also you have to think about. I, you know, I mean, Moses has potential. He He's your first round pick, right? I mean, that's yeah. basically it. He's the 17th pick. Um, so I don't, I don't see how you fit. I just don't see how you fit, uh, another big in there with a trade. Yeah. I mean, what, what do you, th- what do you guys think of them? Well, the thing that I'll even go a little step further here. And again, I, I don't watch miles Turner every day. Um, right. And I watch every game. I know what he's capable of. He's, you know, a, a guy that's a, a stre- floor stretcher block shots like crazy the rim, um, right. which Boston can definitely use. The one right. thing that I think, again, Horford gives you a vet presence, which I think Brad, again, we've acted it like that's something they're looking for. And again, right. Turner is a young, promising big man, but he doesn't have experience in the playoffs and experience in this roster like Horford has. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's got to mean something. Uh, the money owed to Turner versus the money owed to Horford is also right. something we can talk about here in a little yeah. bit because Horford has that 14 and a half 
million, you know, partial yeah. guarantee right. coming up that makes right. him slightly, you know, more tradable as we get closer to trading yeah, and right. stuff. Um, right. But the other thing I will say is, and Ime talked about this too, they like bigs that can pass. Right. And the thing about Horford is his vision as a, as a high post passer, facilitator at the, at the, at the high post is, is something that I think gets lost. And as you try and talk about valuing ball movement, there's something right there between and, – and, and look, we all know Rob has this as part of his game as well. You have two guys there that can move the basketball uh, at the five spot, which I think they value a little bit. I think it – look, I'm not saying in, – in, you know, I think we went maybe a little too overboard with the Miles Turner thing, you know, in one direction of like, oh, man, like, is Miles Turner even that good? Like, they, you know, yeah, Miles Turner's a good player. Um, you like, like, in blocks, right? yeah. yeah, you know, would he have made the Celtics better last year? You know, probably. You know, how much better? I don't know, but they would have at least had a you know big man presence in the middle that they sorely missed uh, throughout the entire season. But I think Horford, just the way he fits with this team, um, and ha- and and knows these guys. Like, I think the f- familiarity means a lot more than just having a young freak athletic guy in Turner who makes more money right. than Horford anyway. So I think right. it's. I, again, I like I like Miles Turner, um, but he's not the guy I'm looking to add at this point. If I'm the Celtics to this this roster, I don't think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I don't think um, you know. And that word edge, I, when I think of edgy, I don't think of Miles Turner. I just no. uh, you know, I mean, he gets blocks, he gets you know, he gets stats, but he's not. Well, and defensive rating too, like he yeah. you know, net rating that type of thing, uh, you know, to, into the analytics. Like he's he's a he's a good defender. I mean, let's right. let's not discount his ability on that end of the floor. He's, you know, whether he's as good a team defender as as Al Horford, I honestly have no idea. I, I haven't dug into those metrics, but um, I just think sort of the the cost benefit analysis of the whole thing. Right. And the fact that he's, you know, he's a young vet. He's what, 24, 25 years old. And he's right. been in the league, you know, a handful of years. Durability has been a problem just the last couple of seasons. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I think he's a fine player. I just, I wasn't goo goo for him, you know, last year and I'm, I'm not this year either. I mean, you've already got a guy with durability issues who you're hoping finally gets through that. And mm-hmm. now you're going to add another big, with the same kind of stuff. Right. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure how much of a match that is. One of the big talking points, Mark, over uh, weeks, really. Hang, but on, honestly, hang on, before before we move on here, I was I'm sorry, I'm, I'm cutting in here, Adam, but I, I just want to bring this up, and I know that we're going to look at counting stats and say that Miles Turner is better with counting stats than Rob. Well, the reason for that is he plays way more, you know, per game. Oh, uh, you got to get to the per 36 minutes. If you're getting to per 36 and per 100 possessions. <laughs> Rob actually, you know, kind of pans out a little bit better than Miles Turner. Per 36, uh, Miles Turner's 14.6 points, seven rebounds, uh, 1.2 assists, one steal, and 3.9 blocks a game, which is pretty elite, right? And he shoots threes. Rob doesn't. So that, you know, helps him out a little bit. He shoots 34% from three on five attempts per 36. Meanwhile, Rob, 15.2 points a game, 13 rebounds per 36 versus 7.6 assists, 30, 3.4 assists per game, 1.6 steals per game, and he's not too far behind in blocks at 3.3 per 36. Then if you go to the you know per 100 possessions, Rob's numbers, both offensive rating and defensive rating, are better. 139 offensive rating, 104 defensive rating versus Miles Turner, 112 and 108. So, like, they kind of already have someone that's already – 
but that's Earth, if you know where, where he totally where he totally and Mark brought this up where he totally dwarfs Rob as as much as I I hate to say it because you know like a big time Lord guy but it's you know get, get in the face of my mic here durability durability it's it's a problem guy can't stay on the floor and until he can stay on the floor it's like the comp doesn't even matter we can't keep you know we got to keep rob williams on the floor you know the royal we we got to keep the guy on the floor to actually let him hit that ceiling i've been talking about rob williams being the you know the the starting center for this team for two full seasons at this point two full years i've been talking about this but you know as soon as he just looks like he's ready to mature and get into that spot injury you know, it's every time, like clockwork, fittingly enough for his nickname. And I, I don't know what we're supposed to do with that going forward, but I don't think you want to then invest in, and look, Al Horford could be the same situation just because of his age. But, you know, it's hard to invest in another young player right. who has trouble staying on the court. I think that it'll be interesting once camp starts, but that Rob Horford combination I mean you talk about ball movement I mean you know I know there's no comparison between uh, Turner and Time Lord in terms of passing ability I mean Rob is really elite at finding shooters he's already to that point I think and that's what they're going to be doing they're you know that's that's how that's how you're going to make Tatum better that's how you're going to make Jalen better is with a passing big like that. Um, so, yeah, keep him on the floor. I, you know, his injuries tend to be kind of fluky. So, you know, what could happen next? We've been right. talking for weeks about yeah. the possibility <laughs> of Bradley Beal getting moved, Damian Lillard getting moved. Obviously, neither did neither one on, on draft night did. And, you know, Dame, that seems like that's still in the air, still potential. People want to link him to the Sixers possible Ben Simmons deal he didn't get traded yet but very clearly that has come to an end in Philadelphia Bradley Beal interestingly enough at least reportedly is committed he doesn't want out of Washington and I don't think there's any great shock there like Russell Westbrook getting moved to the Lakers and we'll get into that in a little bit it wasn't the thing that was gonna break the Campbell's back you know like he didn't want out when when John Wall was sent away he's not gonna want out you know, just talent wise, I don't know how they fit personality wise, but just pure right. talent wise, he's not going to want out upon Russell Westbrook leaving. So, you know, short of, excuse me, him uh, like forcing his way to, 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 to Boston, excuse me, I'll, I choked up thinking about it, forcing his way to Boston just because he's so hell bent on playing with Jason Tatum, which we're not even sure that he is obviously, then we'll, uh, you know, it's, it's, it, it feels like that sort of that dream that 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 pipe dream people have or that fantasy or whatever, like it, it, it's almost short of me bringing it up right here. Obviously, it's almost not even worth talking about anymore because I don't think it's going to happen. I, by the way, would not. And I've said this before. I wouldn't trade Jalen Brown for him anyway. And it's not like it'd be a one for one. It'd be Jalen Brown plus whatever it is. It just doesn't make all that much sense to me, Mark. I mean, what's what's you your, know. your how are you feeling right now about the Bradley Beal potential? I think if you're interested in him, you wait it out until he's a free agent. Yeah. Um, you've got, you know, you guys were talking about the discount in uh, Horford's contract. You'll get some flexibility that way. Everybody's building flexibility for 22, right? Mm-hmm. But, but that's if he really wants to come here and – 
he decides that Kyle Kuzma and Montrez Harrell are not really what he's going to get him where he wants to be, then I think you have a good shot. I'm just not, I don't, sounds kind of cruel to say because I don't know Bradley Beal at all, but I think Washington as a franchise is just content to be in the, you know, like that in the playing tournament, you know, in that seven. It's not even playing like tournament. The, what play? What playing tournament are you making with Bradley Beal and the spare change they have? I mean, I, right. I mean, that I think it's going to be a disaster. I, I think I they're agree. content to be in the conversation. You might be right. I think they're content to be in the conversation for that, though. And maybe they won't be. Maybe they won't be. But I think Washington as a franchise is perfectly fine living there. And I don't know how much Beal cares. Like Beal just might be. It, you could look at it two ways. He could be totally comfortable in Washington, just wants to be there. Or you could, if if we want to like really do him a solid here, you could compare him to Giannis in the sense that he says, no, I like, I, I, I want to do it here. Like, I don't want to go somewhere else. I don't want to join a super team. I don't want to go with friends. I want to win in Washington and we're going to build a, a, a true contender here. And I'm going to wait it out. Yeah. Now, I don't think that's going to happen with Bradley Beal there. I don't think it would make any that's the difference though. Responsible sense to give Bradley Beal a super max contract in a year. That's I don't think diff- Washington the will. The difference between Giannis in Milwaukee and and Bradley Beal in Washington is that Milwaukee with Giannis was a one seed mm-hmm. not too long ago. They know sure. they can compete for stuff. They just didn't, you know, uh-huh. the bubble was weird for them, but that they know they're good. Mm-hmm. Washington has never been relevant basically with Bradley Field. They're they're their one their one crowning achievement with the Washington Wizards was the game six they won against the Celtics where John Wall <laughs> hit the three. Right. He climbed yeah. to the scores table and said, This is my house. And then oh, oh wait a minute, we gotta win one more game, and here comes Kelly right. Olinick. Yeah, here comes come. Kelly O. Like, right. This is this right. is not like Brad Beal hasn't tasted like I, first off, I think Brad Bill Beal is a competitor. And you get that vibe from him. If you listen to him, like he has a, 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 a AAU team that he speaks very candidly with because he's just a really awesome guy. And he talks about how when you're in the NBA, you have people gunning for your job constantly. And if you're not willing to work and put the work in every single day, both in the regular season and off season, to be – the best you can be, somebody's going to come after for your spot. And he's talking about that. Like he's, you know, wasn't the number four pick. It wasn't an, an, an amazing recruit to Florida. He's talking like he was like the, the, you know, a guy that was picked in the second round and his mat is, you know, through hard work and grit has made his way out of the starting lineup. Like this is a guy who has a lot of, you know, he, he, he's, he's been very, he, people were comparing him to Ray Allen when he came out of high school. Okay, it might be the best shooting prospect we've seen since. Brad. That's the type of stuff we're dealing with here. I, I don't. I have a hard, and maybe I'm projecting a Brad Beal. That's fine. I have a hard time find, you know, looking at Brad Beal, thinking like, yeah, he's gonna be totally content in Washington, being the 10 seed his whole career. I don't think so. I think at some point, and I think this is gonna be the fascinating part about this group of superstars. And Brad Beal doesn't really fit in that because he's younger. But there's gonna come a point where LeBron, Katie. Uh, you know, Damian Lillard, Kawhi Leonard, these older guys are going to be past their prime. They're going to start having to latch on to other teams with a Luca, right. a Trey, a Zion, what name it, right? They're going to start latching on to those guys to try and win one more. So I think Brad might look at the landscape and say, hey, I'm like 26. I'm very young, 25. 
I have a lot of time to make a lot of money, but I also like don't want to be in a losing situation my whole life. I think at some point, I think it's going to come to a head shortly. I don't know if it's going to be in Boston. I, I look, I know that Tim and Tatum are buddies and short of him being like, I'm only playing in Boston. I don't see how it's going to work, but I don't think Brad Beal is going to be long for Washington when he realizes how bad his roster is this year. And if look, if Washington's good, I will eat so much crow on the show. Fine by me, but I, I, I just don't see it at all. Guys. Don't worry. They won't be good. You don't have to worry it, about that. It, it tells you something about Washington that they think that by bringing in all of these Lakers who are all, all have serious flaws that that's going to make Bradley Beal feel better and feel like he has a better chance. Um, Kyle Kuzma is, you know, do you want to see Kyle Kuzma in a bigger role than he already had? This is the opportunity, though, for for old Kuz to inch toward oh. 18, 19 points per game. This is his chance. Oh, he's, he's, he's a guy who can just – he can shoot you out of a game faster than just about anybody except Marcus Smart. Mark. But also Westbrook, the guy he's replacing, could also do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, no, I think Beal is – you know, Beal has shown no indication that he wants to leave, as you were saying. But he – I think he's going to pl- play out his contract and see what happens. Wait for – wait until you become a free agent. See what happens next year. Maybe we're all wrong and, you know – that's a good good lineup. I just I just thought last night when that deal was made, I thought what a great deal for the Lakers. Let's spend a few on that deal because it uh, it was interesting. I mean, you know, it was like the the war between Shams and Woj because first it looked like Buddy Heald for those same players more or less was going to be going to L.A. and then you know maybe the Wizards swooped in and made the Westbrook deal or maybe it was Sacramento was leverage. I don't know. Uh, honestly, just as as a basketball fan clearly I'm, I'm not a Lakers fan but as a basketball fan I thought Buddy Heald would have been a better fit there you know is it mm-hmm. is, is he the better player no but would he be the better fit I think he would have been you wouldn't have given up quite as much for him either as uh you know what Westbrook in that 44 mil a year or whatever it is cost you I just yeah. what's interesting to me and and I remember Evan and I've talked about this a bunch as well just over the years you know I did not think and I was wrong, obviously. I did not think the the bubble Lakers or or that team in general and, and going into that year two years ago, they were the expected projected champions. Right. And and sure enough, you know, they 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 were. I didn't think they they had enough. You know, I thought mm-hmm. the excuse me, I thought the LeBron Davis, like top heavy, that's it. They're you know, the, the very little around them, not nearly enough to go win a championship, as we saw they did. And then they make all these moves last offseason, addressing the fact that they really, despite winning a championship, really lacked depth. And I remember saying on the show, I, I thought the Lakers were at least on paper a better team this past year than they were the previous year when they won. <laughs> and then health issues oh. get in the way, load management, all like LeBron doesn't play nearly as much. He has a serious injury. Davis is in and out throughout the year. And you know, then they, you know, they, they squeak into the play in tournament, go down in the first round. And I think they're just so embarrassed that it's, you know, the hell with this, you know, we're going to deal with it. We're going to show all the, all, all, all the gamblers that, that our, our odds are where they should be and depth be damned. We're adding another, you know, head of the snake and other, you know, we're, we're forming our 
our, our, our even more super team. We've got a three-headed monster now. We've got a, a big three with LeBron and, and Davis and Westbrook. I don't think Westbrook, by the way, is going to be a, uh, you know, average a triple-double there in L.A. Uh, no. because I, I think he's going to fall short on the rebounds if, if, I don't know, there are probably odds out, out there on that. But I just, I don't, the fit, I don't love. I think it's fine. But there's there's just there's so little around them right now. And I know they're going to sign guys. They're going to, you know, they'll, they'll fill out the roster, but I think there's so little around them that it, it just doesn't right. mark. Like it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah. I, it's um, just, that, that was such a flawed supporting cast last year. I think, sure. I think, I think they really get tired of it. There's no excuse why Harold isn't a better defensive player. I mean, you know, it, it, it's, you know, he should be a beast and he's not. And I think at least Westbrook brings you a kind of aggression. You know, he, ad- he definitely adds edge to that team. Um, you know, does he get along with LeBron? I guess that's, that's the big thing. That's everybody's favorite game. If he does, but I, but I think the thing I loved about Westbrook last year was it looked like he was starting to see the light in terms of what's important. You know, I, I thought that, you know, he played well with Beal, mm-hmm. um, and he can he can sometimes all by himself change games. I mean. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have, you know, you, you were talking about the load management. I mean, LeBron, LeBron has finally hit that age when he's going to get hurt. So during those gaps, Westbrook is the kind of guy who can fill in when you've got guys off the floor who can sort of take things over. Yeah. I just don't like, they need floor spacers and he's not a floor spacer. No, I mean, he's no. going to, he's going to give you a ball handler. He's going to take responsibility off of LeBron, which is going to work. Um, and then we'll see what they do with Schroeder, but that's, you know, between the three guys there, you got 110, 120 million committed to three guys, uh, True, you know? True. So and now will will they not afford Schroeder? I, I don't think they can. I don't think it's physically yeah. possible. I mean, if they, if people are talking about, oh, they can still pull off a, a heel trade, I'm like, it's 143 million or 140 right. something million for four players. I mean, the Nets version of it works because you have two or three of the best isolation scores in the game. I mean, Harden is a 40 whatever percent three point shooter, but he also is a wish with the basketball. He's phenomenal. Right. Right. Kyrie, when he's right, is an incredibly good break-you-off-the-dribble player. And Kevin Durant <laughs> is one of the best shooters and individual scorers we've ever seen in the history of basketball. Sure. This sure. other version of it doesn't – like it doesn't matter who you put around those three guys. They're still going to score 120 points. And right. they're, 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 they're Durant three you know, foot sizes smaller shot away from being in the NBA Finals probably, right? Because they probably handle – even though they were short, they'd probably find a way to handle the Hawks because that's how good that Durant and, and Harden and, and Kyrie, if they're all healthy, can be. Sure. Look, and Durant was the only one that was healthy at the end of the, at the end of the thing. So, you know, look, it doesn't, to me, it doesn't work. It's great for Boston because that gets a, an impact player out of the Eastern conference and they replace yeah. them with a whole bunch of junk, right? right. That's great for Boston. Right. 
So yeah. let's acknowledge that. To worry about, right? One less team to worry about, one less team to beat up, and, and maybe, you know, if Jalen and Jason have their A games, you can still win that. I mean, you know, look. Those, are, those are the games the Celtics tend to lose, though, aren't they? They do. Unfortunately, that's, that seems to be the case. But it's, it's you know, the, the Lakers version. And, look, I understand getting Westbrook because he's – first off, he's durable. He's the anti-Anthony Davis. Davis, you know, seems to get an injury every single season – you know, one or two. And I, look, I love Anthony Davis, but he just can't stay healthy. You know, right. Westbrook is Iron Man. That guy is never hurt ever. Uh, and he plays hard every second, basically, he's on the floor. I mean, defensively, he might slip every once in a while, and he's not that great of a defender anymore. But you don't have to worry about him trying. He's going to he's gonna bust his ass for 48 minutes. So I think LeBron likes that. But how they fill the rest of that roster out, I have I have no idea. I have no clue. And And – you know, it'll be fascinating to watch because they're going to compete with some guys in the periphery that Boston's going to probably want to compete yeah. with. And Boston might have a little more money at their disposal than L.A. does. L.A. is going to have LeBron. So that's when yeah. you compare them and you try and bring the Celtics back into it, you, you look at, you know, they might be looking at the same guys in the periphery and, you know, Boston might have the, we have more money than they do. And, and L.A. is like, yeah, well, we have LeBron and, and we're going to be able to compete for a title a little bit better than Boston does. But, you know, that's yeah. going to be to bring it back to Boston. That's you know, that's going to be how it impacts them a little bit. Yeah. Um, the one name that I was a little surprised by was Caldwell Pope. I mean, mm-hmm. he is a guy who actually serves a purpose there. Yeah, but the Clutch has done him so many favors over the years with L.A. I think I think KCP owes the Lakers one at this point. Then he get like $12 million like yeah. per year. for the, like, He got a lot of money from L.A. And right. I think, you know, Clutch was like, hey, if you do this for KCP – you know, we'll, we'll throw, you know, we'll, we'll talk to LeBron about it and see if we can get LeBron out of here too. I think KCP, you know, the Lakers have done him enough favors. I think, I think he's done them very well. Right. right. All I know is I've been saying Russell Westbrook was going to be a Laker for six years now. So I'm just glad to be right eventually. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it took a little time, yeah. but we got him there. The the fashion yeah. maven landed there. There you go. <laughs> I mean, with the Lakers, nice you know, you can pick about any name and it's eventually going to happen. Exactly. Yeah. But imagine if we had said Rondo back in the day. That would have been oh, tough. Ron, Rondo is a Laker. My God. He was he good was, for them, too. He, that was for half the league before he, retired, he was so, so good for them. He was. He was the perfect fit. But but if you had told Rondo back in, say, 2010, oh, you're going to be a Laker someday, he would have spat at you. Now he is the ultimate uh, – well, I don't want to call him a mercenary, but he's he's the ultimate. He, he kind of is. I mean, he's he's certainly a journeyman now. Yeah, I'm not sure but. Brad would want to bring him back, considering some of the grief Brad had had with him. Yeah, older, wiser, right? Well, yeah, he is actually. Yeah, and they yeah. both are, quite frankly. Yeah, true, true. All right, uh, I think that'll about do it. You know, we're uh, you know. 45 or 50 minutes deep i think that's enough and and uh quite frankly you know there's one thing oh please that i think is going to be a big key with these guys how much is ma able to change the way smart looks at the game Mm. i mean because he should be your playmaker yeah he runs a great pick and roll he is a good passer but when he gets that first open 30-footer early in the clock, does he think, well, maybe we should be moving the ball a little more? 
Well, but to yeah. that end, and, and like you said, it goes directly with email. This is what I wonder for all the people over the years, the last, how long has smart been here? Like seven years now or something like that yeah. for all the people over the, over the time that Marcus smart's been here that have, you know, bitched and moaned and griped about shot selection, the amount he shoots three pointers, all that stuff. I never did for two reasons. One, I thought he'd get better, which, you know, he did. Right. And then he kind of fell back, but also because how do you get mad at the guy when the head coach is publicly telling him to take that shot? Right. Brad Stevens right. wanted him shooting that way. So what I'm really curious about is if Ime Odoka, to your point, steps in and says, yeah, don't do that anymore. That's, right. that's, that's not how we see you here. Right. And obviously, you know, if he does, Smart's going to have to listen. Otherwise, it's going to cost him in, in one way or another. So he's, he's not going to just blindly, you know, or blatantly disregard his, his new head coach. So right. if, if Ime does say that, and we don't know really how Ime views this league yet with regard to offense. And, you mm-hmm. know, does he want his team taking 43 pointers a game or does he want his team taking 23 pointers a game? And where Smart fits into that, that, that to me is, is one of the really interesting things going into this year. Yeah. And playing through the post, playing through Time Lord, and then, you know, playing the inside-out game. Mm-hmm. And Smart's a good post facilitator himself. We've seen yeah. it throughout yeah. his entire career. He's a great post facilitator. Get him down there. I right. I think I think you're right on this, and I think it will be a testament to how good of a communicator is Ime Udoka really. Um, because that's what everybody talks about. He's a great communicator. He's James Harden whisperer. Um, he was the reason why LaMarcus Aldridge went to, went to San Antonio. I mean, we, we've heard all the stories. Um, and I think Damon Stoudemire might have something to do with this too. And I, I'm so thrilled that he is a part of this coaching staff. I cannot, I mean, Adam and I, I think when, when it oh. happened, you and I texted, we were like, yes, this is exactly, this is what, and this, this is, is the guy we've been watching this for is perfect. Uh-huh. Get him a jersey. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Get him. Yeah. Get him a Jersey. Let him play, you know, bring like, in mighty mouse. Right. I'm all about it. And, you know, look, it, it, it I, I am of the, and look, this goes right back to what you said earlier, Mark, if the right deals out there, they'll, they'll, you know, it might be somebody that they really consider moving. Mm. I am very curious and I would love to see it before they do anything. Cause I don't think you have to trade smart right now. You can wait till mid-season if you want to. And I think that's what they should do. Sure. I would like to see what Marcus Smart looks like as the full-time point guard. Yes. I, I just want to see it. I think it's possible. Um, I think it's there. I just think he needs the right guidance. And I think maybe those two guys are, are the ones that can do it for him. And I just – I think if you're trading Smart, who's been – is now the longest-tenured Celtic on this team, right. yeah. uh, I think you owe it to yourself because you've come this far. You might as well give this thing one – Well, uh, you might as well see if he's got it. Because if he does, it cures this problem of all the small point guards they've had lately and all the abuse they get on that on the defensive end with Kemba and Kyrie and Isaiah. Yeah, right. It finally gives you a, a solution to that, and I just – I think you owe it to yourself to see it through. That's all I'm going to say. All right, very good. Well, we will wrap there. This show, once again, bet on, uh, brought to you by betonline.ag. Use the promo code CLNS50 for a 50% sign-up bonus. Again, the new Celtic is uh, Juwan Begaron in a few years, maybe, if he's able to make the league. But either way, it's going to be an interesting offseason. Continues for the Celtics free agency right around the corner. And, of course, 
Jason Tatum, Jason Gold there in Tokyo. So uh, best of luck to the Americans and everybody else involved. Mark Murphy, always a pleasure, sir. Thanks, Come back Dennis. anytime. All right. We'll bug you in two months. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's about right. All right, good. Evan Valenti, have fun. I'm Adam Kaufman. Everybody enjoy the weekend. Thanks for listening, watching. We'll catch you next time.